0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to a special edition of an audio experience brought to you by Muslims on the Move, a program of Advanced Platform Committee. This episode is a live recording from the Young Adult Summer Retreat, Yasir, which took place July 4th, 2021. Take a listen and let us know what you think. Want to be featured on future live recordings? Make sure to join our mailing list and to follow us on social media. This episode is part one of the Yasser Session. Look out for part two coming soon.
1: Amina.
2: Fatima.
3: And Kabir. You know, I'm doing double duty today, but, you know, that's what's up. <laughs> You're doing up. good. That's what's You're doing up. good. Um, how are y'all doing? How are y'all doing? I mean, you got some fans in the chat. Fault to me, you got some fans in the chat. It's cool. I, I, don't, I don't need fans. I got family.
1: Oh, it's okay. Somebody, some, somebody put his name in the chat. Let I me, mean, you know what? I'm going to do no, it. No, no, you can't do it now.
3: Thank you, Ibrahim, but you can't do it now.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Um, I had a busy morning.
2: Uh, other than now, I'm glad to be here. Me too. My day's been good.
3: Alhamdulillah.
2: Just chilling, studying
3: you're studying I thought you were done I I have I have
2: every time I tell people that they always say the same thing so we have to take a certification exam to get our license so I'm still studying for for my license so
1: mashallah I wish I had it I had it in me to do what you do all right I guess we can get started Kabir
3: oh yeah for sure um you know we've been listening to a lot of really great lectures over the last couple of days you know yasser's been a really informative really motivating couple of days and so i think in line with the theme of yasser perseverance fulfilling our dean in the new era i think we wanted to talk about accountability we wanted to start focusing on how we take this concept of perseverance how we apply it to our lives more generally and one of the ways in which that really stood out to us is this theme of accountability, right? Making sure that we are holding ourselves accountable in being good Muslims and that being, you know, ritual worship, that being learning more about our deen and how to practice in the best way possible, being supportive to those in our community, and then also success in our professional lives, you know, being excellent in everything that we do. So, I wanted to start off by asking y'all just what are you doing right now to pursue, to strengthen your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Um,
2: I can go ahead and go first. Or, Lamina, you can go ahead. Okay. I was waiting for you to talk because uh, like oh, No, no, because I was like really,
1: you know, I was thinking about it. Um, so, I'd say for me, because I just graduated and um, it's been a year now, um, and I personally feel like I didn't want a job right away. I more so just wanted to invest in my akhir, You know what I mean? Like I actually understand what I've been doing while in Arabic school and going on Saturdays and Sundays. Like I invested so much into school, like getting the bachelors, like it's just been a whole, a whole run. So I definitely felt like um just taking the time out, reading every day. Like we we read every day in Ramadan. And then as soon as Ramadan ends, you know, we just we let it go little by little. So I thought for me, you know, reading every day, um, memorizing Hadith and just really diving in and talking to more people, um, being in Islamic circles outside of the MSA. Um, but yeah, definitely, I, I'd say that's what I'm doing right now.
2: Yeah, and I feel like mine is related to what Amina was talking about too, the Qur'an thing. I feel like for me, one thing I'm trying to do right now is um, to make sure I read a portion of the Qur'an every day. And what has really helped me is this app called Tertil. So on that app, it kind of, like, tracks how many, like, you have, like, a streak thing going on. So any day you, like, forget or you skip reading, like, you lose your streak. And it's like, oh, I've been reading the Qur'an for a week. Or been reading the Qur'an for, like, 10 days. And then the day that you forget, it starts over from zero. So low-key, I don't like to lose my streak. So I make sure, like, I read at least a page every single day, regardless of how busy I get. So that's one way I've been able to, like, keep up with, like, reading, like, um, quran every single day and another thing that i one of my um things that i try to carry on from ramadan was to always pray um the two ruckas um it's called you pray after Fajr, before the her so that has really like when i pray Fajr and i go back to sleep when i wake up the first thing i do is make wudu and pray those two ruckas so that is also something that i've been holding on to since ramadan and i I try to do it every day. Sometimes I forget it, but that's one thing I, I've i been trying to keep up with.
3: Right, right. Um, I think, you know, personally, I, I can agree with and identify with a lot of, of what you both have said, you know, I mean, I think the second you start getting into work, once you start getting into the professional world, it's a lot harder to balance that with Dean or even prioritize Dean in the same way when it comes to really just putting in the time and, and just with like, as with everything. You, there's a certain amount of time that you have to put in, whether that's learning Quran, you know, learning Hadith, learning Arabic, or whatever that might be, you know, you have to put in your hours. And I definitely hear what you're saying, Fatima, as well. I've heard about Tarteel. Uh It's machine learning backed. So <laughs> if you wanted ways to improve your recitation, that's absolutely out there. And I think being in touch with the Quran consistently is something that's really important and I don't think I really understood the importance of it. As much until maybe a couple of years ago and even now it's a struggle at times to make sure that you get your Quran in in addition to everything else, especially if I wake up late if I've got something to do early in the morning or late at night and I'm tired it's a lot more of an energy barrier to crack open the Quran but I think that's absolutely essential, absolutely important, and, you know, may Allah make that easy for all of us to continue doing.
1: And um, honestly, um, before you move talk- topics, I think the main thing you said was, I think the main thing you said was consistency. Um, I personally think that even while I, was in, while I was in college, before I graduated, I felt like, being consistent in what i'm doing would make me better like even if i'm in class and it's time for it's time for us you got to go like get up and go that is the only way you're going to be consistent in learning how to be a better muslim a better version of yourself
2: and i also wanted to add on to that because there is a hadith where the prophet said allah likes actions that even though they're small they're consistent So even if it's just like one thing, you're like, okay, from now on, I will never miss us a lot ever again. And you keep up with that. Allah likes that, then like doing a whole bunch of things and then you just stop doing it the next day. Just out of just, um, just because you just took too much on. But one thing I did also want to say about accountability is um, something that um, I think it was Omar bin Khattab. He always used to talk about um, putting yourself to account before Allah puts you to account. So like, it's very important for us to, and this is a reminder for myself because I don't do it regularly, but to just see where we are, we should take time out of our day to assess like, okay, tonight, what did I do all day? Like, what did I achieve today? Right? Even if it's not even just like spiritual, even if it's like, school life like what have I achieved today so putting yourself to account before Allah puts you to account on the day of judgment is also something that I think is really really important and that also helps with like improvement in reaching your goals when you're sitting there keeping track of your goals and you're holding yourself accountable that would also like um, make you a better person
3: a thousand percent a thousand percent and off of everything that you both have said, I can't help but think about how similar our relationship with our Dean can be to anything else that we do in life, where if there's something that you're really passionate about, you really wanna go after, you really wanna be excellent at, you're gonna put in the work every day. You're really gonna track what it is you're doing. You're going to care about it before you get to the end result. You know what I mean? So I think it's important that we apply that same energy, keep that same energy with the thing that is, you know, presumably the most important to us. So a hundred, a hundred percent. And I love that quote from Omar radio And It's just so, it's so gangster really just, you know, hold yourself to account before, cause you're gonna be held to account. They gonna come for you. So take care of yourself. You know, I, I've, I've always really, really resonated with that quote. And Amina, you bring up a really great point in terms of The balance that we have to have when it comes to our daily responsibilities and things that might be going on whether you're in class prayer comes in you know I gotta go or you're out with friends and you know they're stepping into a bar they're getting lit whatever it may be you gotta hold back and so I wanted to you know use that to segue into you know asking you guys how you handle that balance do you feel like you have moments where you struggle to hold that balance and, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be social circles. You know, one of my teachers was telling us about a time when she was in medical school and she wouldn't even show up to the happy hours, right? Like not even show up, not at all. And that that's networking, that's more professional. And we're always faced with those choices. It's professional, it can be, for example, those of you in college, Uh, or just recently left college, that's another struggle. Probably have a lot of friends that enjoy being out, that enjoy partying. That might be the main mechanism through which you're meeting a lot of people. So I think we have a lot of these instances just throughout our lives, starting early in our life, where we have situations that we might be in that conflict with what it is that we've been taught as Muslims. I really just wanted to ask you both how you've balanced that, like now and and then also just in life generally.
1: Um, we can also throw this um, question out to the audience. I think I'd like to hear feedback on how other people get, uh, balance it as well. I mean, for me initially, um, like when my friends, like you know, my college friends, you know, we go out to study and then afterwards they just decide they want to start drinking. I'm like, hey, hello, what? I, I don't know how to deal with it other than, okay, I have a Red Bull, you know, we're gonna figure it out this way, this way. We're not even in a club scene or a bar scene, but we're all trying to get studying done, but they just decide, hey, I'm bringing out the drinks. So for me, it's been ve- it was very hard to balance it, I can't lie. At first I was like, maybe I'll just drink Red Bulls and then everybody would sit down, doo-doo-doo. no. It didn't work like that. They'd be like, "You want some?" Obviously, you know what I mean. So it's it's hard, especially when you're not in a in a group that knows you, knows you. You're just there to to study, like you're in a studying group. So um for me, it was initially hard, but after a while, I kind of just isolated myself in a way. Like I stayed with people I knew, understand what my values are, who I am, and what I take and what I didn't take. Um so. I, I just had to isolate myself. Like, if I had to study, I better get it by myself. It's not and I got I my back, like, you know, I sacrifice for you, you know, hold me down, kind of thing. So I, that that's how I did it.
2: Yeah, and I I also wanted to like reiterate what Amina said, because that's something that always used to happen to me. Like, we always had study groups, and one of my friends she, I was even talking to her the other day and she's telling me that she's off wine right now, but like anytime we're studying, she's like, wine is my thinking juice. Like I cannot focus if I'm not drinking wine. And every single time we're studying together, she'll always have like her cup of wine all the time. And it just used to like, like there was nothing I could say, right? Because I'm like the only one who has an issue with it. But later on, I kind of had to like make, like develop other study groups. And um, I guess find people like Amina said who were more like-minded, who um, wanted to, who weren't really, who didn't need a drink before they they had to study. Another thing is like work. Sometimes at work is really hard. Like this is just like balance in life and like Islam, right? When you're at work, especially for me as a pharmacist, I don't know if y'all, no one's here, I don't know if anyone has ever worked in a pharmacy. Like when you're in the pharmacy, like, you do not leave ever like ever you're you like going to the bathroom especially as a pharmacist and I was an intern like everyone is waiting for you to come back like nothing can happen without the pharmacist so I always used to think like wait as a pharmacist would I like never be able to like just take a break and go pray or whatever but I feel like establishing yourself and letting people know like hey like when it's two o'clock like regardless, I need five minutes to pray, okay? People in the drive-through can wait, people in lines can wait, I need five minutes because if I needed to go to the bathroom, I could go to the bathroom because that's just it. That's like, you can't tell someone they can't go to the bathroom. So I just take it as like a bathroom break. So I like, even my um, pharmacist, like when I was um, an intern, she used to like let me, like she used to remind me, especially when Maghrib would come, she'd be like, oh, aren't you gonna go and pray? Like, because it's time to pray. Like when you um, let people know who you are from the beginning, um, Then there's no like question about oh like you're cha- you're switching it up or like oh you didn't used to do this before but really come in with that like oh there's some things that I have to do from the beginning and if you don't feel comfortable telling people just say you got to go to the bathroom and find a corner and go pray that's what I do sometimes but I really think when you establish yourself and everyone knows who you are from the beginning they're okay with it and they'll be the ones reminding you to pray or like if they see you slipping up they would like caution you too
3: yeah and I think that's something that's hard to learn early in life where you've probably had people telling you like your parents was like have you prayed have you prayed and you're saying you're like man you're on me you're sweating me and then you get thrust into a position where you have to be the one to push for that for yourself and you've got to push for that against people that Probably don't understand. Like I've definitely had moments where I've tried to sneak into a stairwell to pray. Somebody comes into the stairwell. They're like, "Are you all right?" And you're just like, "Come oh, on, come on, come on, come on." And uh, I don't get it. You're okay, and you you just gotta you just gotta call the prayer like, "Yeah, I'm good, I'm good." And then you just gotta run somewhere else and just start the whole operation again. And so there are there are moments where it's difficult for sure, and it, and it can be kind of isolating you know I, I think about my first couple years of college where the people where I might have vibed with socially it's like you're coming in and they're all drinking like somebody just like drinking while studying I was thinking I was thinking back to undergrad I was like you know actually that's pretty calm and they were just drinking while studying for the most part I, I probably couldn't manage that you know be, just because I don't know the people that I knew like handled their liquor pretty well so they were like They were essentially the same. It was just like drinking water to them, which is, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) But what was worse is that I remember it was like this one night, like my first semester of college, it was like literally the weekend before finals. And, you know, thankfully I had a roommate at the time that didn't drink. So we're sitting outside our room. We just hear a bunch of noise. We pop out and like everybody's in like this lounge that was right next to our room and they're all getting lit. It's like mad people, it's probably like 30 or so people, they're not even playing music, they're not dancing, they are just drinking and being loud. And it was, it was damn near everybody but us. So we were just like, shoot, we're trying to study, we're trying to sleep. And so we had to go like down to the ground floor and we had to like lay down on some couches to like three or four, you know? So I, just, I think back to experiences like that, and it's honestly really difficult to be in early on especially if you're not grounded because it's not it's not something that's fun and again depending on, on where a lot of you reside if you're like at college by yourself you don't necessarily have your family close by you might not necessarily even be able to rely on your msa or anything you know if you can alhamdulillah but i think a lot of us might not be able to and so you're put into these positions that you might not want to be otherwise so and like Amina said, I really, I would really love to hear what other people might have gone through. Uh, feel free at any point in time to raise your hand. And you know, we're always talking to each other. So if you want to, you know, interject with anything, you want to call up, you want to talk, uh, we would love to hear your voice. We would love to see your face. You know, uh, just at any time. Don't be shy. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, I, I think that that balance is is a really is a really hard thing do you do you guys feel like what do you what do you guys feel like got you through it do you feel like it was do you feel like other people were helpful or was it just something that you had already decided for yourself I'm going to do this there's nothing that can stop me like do you feel like if it was like left up to anybody other than you that you would have been able to make it through
2: um I could oh go go Amina no no you can go you can go you can go I would say like for me, like even in the beginning, because I when I did my undergrad, I did it close to home. Leaving home, it was like, I don't know, it was very different. And I had a lot of friends. Everyone used to like hang out. And I didn't really understand what like hanging out and having fun meant. Because when I was at U of H, that was just like chilling or like whatever. But here it's really different when the only, because it's a small college town. The only thing you can't really do is just drink. That's all everyone would do when they're like hanging out oh we're just gonna go hang out it's later on that I realized that oh when they mean that they mean they're all going to drink so in the beginning I used to go I didn't really understand what that entailed and I used to go and then after a while I was kind of like I need to make a decision for myself to not put myself in these situations because it gets too much right these people are drinking everything's going crazy and a lot of like crazy things happen in, at these parties. So I'm just like, I need to make a decision for myself to like, I'm a Muslim. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know what's right from wrong. I shouldn't be involved in these kind of things. So I feel like I had to make a decision for myself and I had to like be strict on myself that I will like I had to um, make a decision for myself that from now on i'm not going to be going to these parties or i'm not going to be even though like i never drank or anything like that i just didn't want to be put in these like situations so i think it was um making that decision for myself and also finding people who are similar and i'm not saying like you can only be friends with like muslims or only muslims would be similar to you in that sense but i think um you can have friends who do all these things but you should also know like you don't have to hang out with them when they're doing these things. You can hang out with them in other scenarios. You can like grab brunch with them or you can do something else that does not involve like partying at night or drinking. And usually like after a while, like people stopped inviting me to these things when they knew like I wasn't going to come. And that's just not my thing. Like my, it's funny because me and my roommates were all Muslim and we all used to go and then like after a while I was like yeah I'm not going to these things anymore or whatever and then I stopped going and they kind of stopped going too but then like they still always get invited and they're like I just feel bad but then I'm like yeah nobody invites me because I made it known that I'm not going so like don't invite me so I just think it's just being um it's just having your own priority straight and just like being strong in that sense and I'm not saying it's easy there are times where it's like wow everyone like is going out, everyone is doing it. it's not easy for sure, but it's just if you think that's something important, something you do not want to get involved in, then you'll just make it a priority yourself and not put yourself in those situations.
1: Yeah, I, I really agree. And it reminds me of two things. <clears throat> One, don't ever say it can't be you. Like just putting yourself in those situations and constantly going, it's like, nah, I don't I don't drink. Nah, I don't drink. But you being there every single time, you never know what can happen. Um so definitely never say that and then secondly I feel like this also goes back to like when we when we were younger and like you know we used to have a December break and um, we used to be like yo it's Christmas time but we don't celebrate but every every other kid used to be lit we used to be like dang why why we can't celebrate Christmas and it's like this is this thing that you have in your head and when you're younger you really can't put the you know one and two together but as you get older I think we start to learn and we start to mature and say hey these things might look fun but how are we building, or how we how are we gonna become the best version of ourselves if we continue to look at these uh, at people who are not Muslim as 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 the epitome or the 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 fun the fun guys, you know what I mean? So I'm for me, I think it's a balance. Um, coming to that uh, realization and also putting myself in places where I know these people won't go either. Or, you know, just like everybody has a, a, a specific friends group, like right? when you want to go and study, you know, you go to them. When you want to go to the mosque, you know, you want to go to them. So it's just, it's different things that I feel you can balance out um, to really enjoy, you know, your uh, your stay with um, Christian, Jewish, whatever they are, friends. Yeah.
3: All right. We got, we got Ibrahim. Ibrahim wants to talk. All right. Ibrahim, tell tell us what you're thinking
4: uh, First off, let me uh say for each and every one of you, you know, dedicating some time uh, to this event, uh, may Allah reward you immensely, uh, may Allah continue to keep you a part of the Dean. Um, the way that I'm hearing from you guys, especially the way that uh, I go back even to my undergrad days and the things that I used to do, you know, I, I ask a lot to forgive me for my sins and my past transgressions. But you know, all of us always get into that fine line of, you know, do I choose my friends for uh, being aligned with who I am as a person, or do I choose my friends by environment that I'm in, and based off of that, I can, you know, be able to progress. Do you think it's harder as a Muslim to be accepted in today's era um, for being like a, a Muslim who holds on to uh, their discipline? um versus being a muslim who is integrated into society and tries to fit in with the the masses and tries to you know find their footsteps in you know because it's easier that way versus making yourself a a a disciplined muslim who practices the Deen on an everyday basis inshallah um
1: i i think it depends on the type of person you are like if you haram police 25 8 don't expect nobody to like you don't do that don't make me feel bad either because I don't like you and that's what it is like you can't you have to understand like some people I personally feel like you have to choose how much of you want to give you know what I mean at, and at what time and if you say you're doing it from the the, the the grace of your heart the goodness of your heart then you follow the rules you know pull me in private you know what I mean don't don't you know, I don't know how to explain like it just really depends on what type of Muslim, you're trying to be. I feel as though when it comes to people who always trying to fix me, every time you see me, before you even say Assalamualaikum, ah, your scarf is too. Excuse me. Like, um, how's with, how was your day? How you doing? You know what I mean. So it it definitely would be hard for somebody like that to fit in more so, or to fit in amongst the group. Um, but other than that, I honestly feel like a lot of people are very open to Muslims right now, and Alhamdulillah, it, it just helps Muslims in that way. Um, but if we're talking about you know. The PWIs and all those universities I can't really talk towards that but I can more so talk to the fact that I think that generally most people are open to a lot of a lot of things right now so um that's my take
2: yeah I have to agree with Amina I think it really I think it also depends on your environment some people are very very open if you live in like an, an area where people are just like super open to people people don't really care, they'll be like, oh, they really wanna understand like, oh, why don't you do this? Why do you wear this? we we'll ask you different questions. It just really depends on the people you're surrounded by. But I really do think in general, um, if you're just someone of principle, people like that. When you're someone who comes and you don't try to like be a 50-50 person, where like, oh, I'm Muslim, but I'm gonna drink and like pick and choose. I think people respect you more. cause. I hate to give this example, but there's a guy in my class who's Muslim, right? Or he calls himself half Muslim because his mom, his dad is Muslim and his mom is not Muslim. So he's like, yeah, I'm half Muslim and I'm half Christian. And we always argue, we're like, there's no such thing. You have to choose one, right? But like, he will like drink and like party and do all that. But like, he will never eat pork. Like you will, like, it doesn't matter how drunk he gets or nothing, he will never eat pork. And like, people would always ask like oh why why is he this way why is he that way or like why does he choose to do this why does he do that and I'm just like it's just everyone's gonna like I always try to explain it like Islam is just a religion right Not everybody's perfect just like Christians like I'm pretty sure there are things that are written that you're supposed to do that you don't do right and when you try to get them to understand like really like Islam I'm not gonna say it's just like any other religion but it is a religion and Muslims are just people we're people who are going to do what we want sometimes who are not going to be a hundred percent like obedient all the time and when you get them to understand like it's kind of the same people tend to like understand that even more and people are very um open-minded in my opinion from my experience people are very very open-minded and people respect when you tell them that oh I do not do this like people will respect your boundaries when you make those boundaries known but that's just how I feel about that
3: I'm gonna slightly disagree, just, just a little bit. I think with the caveat that, I think all of that's true once you reach a certain age. I think it's a lot harder when you're younger to get people to understand, oh, you will live life in a certain type of way. Like I remember even my junior year, I, I showed up, I didn't even really show up to a function, You know, it's just like you're walking somewhere. And especially in college, like you could just walk, like if you're in dorms, like you walk into somebody's dorm or whatever, oh, there's a function here, I didn't even know. Uh, Or you could be chilling in a dorm, but function just kind of start, you know, just out out the spur of the moment. So I remember once somebody was like, you know, you don't drink alcohol at all. Like not even, not even a sip. You're not even gonna have just a little. I'm like, no, (laughs) no, I'm not. And you can be sort of on a different wavelength and people might understand it. People might respect it, but then there's still a certain level of distance. And so I think I think that's something that's still very real where you could be the person, you know, not even Haram police, but just, oh, you know, don't don't mess with someone. So, you know, he's not even going to be on the type of time they are and we don't see him outside, this, that, and the third. I think all of that becomes a lot more true and a lot realer like when you're younger. And I feel like the second I got out of college, that was le- it was all less of an issue. So I think there's this sort of like, just young peer pressure element to, if you're going to be with us, you have to do what we're doing. And when, and like, right, like, once you're older, people don't really care like that. Nobody's pressed. They have their own business. People are, for the most part, comfortable about how they live their life. You know what I mean? So I think there's, I would say that's the, the slight caveat, but otherwise... I think it's, I think it's easier to find a balance, especially as you get older. And it's just a matter of saying, well, this is how I live my life. It's not hurting anybody. Most people aren't going to have a problem with that. And if they do, you probably had other reasons to not really rock with them. Uh, I think we're sort of getting into this space where we're not just talking about how we do things for ourselves, but how we interact with other people. And so you know, I think a lot about da'wah and, you know, we hear people talk about da'wah a lot and we have, you know, this sort of, in general, right, like like it's it's part of the deen to be able to call people to it, to be able to speak to it, you know, to be able to expose people to Islam in like a positive way, but you know, nobody's trying to be haram police. Nobody's trying to be like those Christians. You might've seen them on your campus. They're like, hey, hey, can I get you for just one second? I just oh want to show God. you a really good book. Oh, it's the Bible. Do you want to come read the Bible with me tomorrow? No, I don't want to come read the Bible with you. Why are you asking me? Um, they're like, I just re- I read left this really great literature out. And it's not even the Bible. It's going to be some random pastor, just like book on, on whatever. Um, shout out to everybody on the Jesus juice. They can be a little- um, <laughs> They can be a little, they can be a little much sometimes, a little, um, you know, but so we don't want to be that. (laughs) We don't want to be that. We don't want to be trying to catch people outside, you know, and and they had the dialogue with people's back in the day and muscle a lot, you know, male or all the people that, that participated in that work. But I think a lot of us can identify with the idea of like not wanting to do that, of that just seeming for lack of a better word corny. I, I personally think it's corny. I'm sorry, I, I said it. Um, but then that that begs the question: Is there a better way to do dawah? What should dawah look like? And and I think a lot of you know what has been said over the last five to ten minutes to me, be- becomes an ideal part of dawah. Like Islam should really be propagated by the Muslims, like in a way where people know it's like oh, Fatima's Muslim, you know, therefore we can count on her to do A, B, C. They should be able to see that in your life. Like, oh, I see you on the dean. I see the discipline. I like that, you know, or I like what that's done for you. That to me feels so much more powerful than having like a table, like an info session or or just trying to catch people out. Because there's a lot that I think comes with the individual story that comes from the power of that real personal interaction, right? Like you're not like a solicitor, you're not a telemarketer, like you're a real live person, you know, that has their own struggles, but you can also see the Dean, you can see what that means. And it's like, if you like this person, this is a fundamental part of that person. So, you know, I think to to me, that's always just been way more appealing than, you know, either trying to be haram police or, or trying to be like, did you know Islam Islamics are just like you? Or, you know, whatever else it is that people try to do in 2021. Um, I don't know, what thoughts, anybody?
1: <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say these comments are actually very funny. Very funny.
2: <laughs> no, I have to agree with you. I do think that when people see who you are they like naturally just ask the questions and that's already that way right there like when people see oh you're not doing this like why don't you do this why like and people already like when they see you and I hate to like say like oh you're a representative of Islam or whatever like that but when people see you act in a certain way you're already um introducing them to what a Muslim is and what it means to be Muslim so I always think I do agree with you I think I do think Dawa tables and stuff has its perks because I've been part of Dawah tables before. But um I also think um that's not gonna do like you're like you said one time. I don't know if we had a recorder we're just talking amongst ourselves, but like you said one time, like the biggest dawah is not gonna be from like dawah tables and just sitting down and like you know inviting people to Islam. The biggest way to invite people to Islam is through our actions. And we know that is a perfect example through the Prophet Muhammad. Most of the people who became Muslim at the time of the Prophet was not because of like the Prophet like preaching. We know when the Prophet was actually preaching, that was when like the least amount of people accepted Islam. A lot of people came into Islam when like Muslims were going and interacting and trading and being fair right? And they're like, wait, how come you're not cheating me? And it's like, oh, no, like, I'm a Muslim. Muslims, We don't do that. And then it's like, oh, what's Islam? Like, I want to, like, have, I feel like having really good character and being a good person automatically invites people to Islam. And I think that's, like, a bigger, and that, that's something I think Muslims need to work on, because you see a lot of Muslims, like, they're the worst of people. And it's like, why would i even want if i wasn't muslims like why would i ever want to be muslim when like muslims do this and
3: muslims
2: Muslims, like lie and they're like very violent like why would i want to be that when in reality if we are really following the prophet Sunnah and we're like good people people will automatically just be attracted to us
1: granted you can't change people's mind i agree to an extent because i've had friends that I would ask like what do you do all the time? Like you, you always leave. I'm like, yeah, I go pray. We pray five times a day. They're like, you pray five times a day? Nah, that's too much. That's too much. To now nah, I think I wanna try that out. Like I might not, you know, go up and down, but I think I'm gonna take five minutes out of my day each time to just talk to God and pray and just do that. And it's like, yeah, caught up. You wanna be Muslim. I see you. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep doing what I do. You know what I mean? So it 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 works to an extent. Like and I said, granted, people will you know come up with their own opinions about Islam, whether you do the right thing or you don't, you know. But um, I definitely agree because I've had way too many instances where people are like, just like ah, it's too much, and then they end up maybe I'll try it, you know. So
2: oh yeah it's too much I had a I had a roommate that was a Muslim and she's like damn like anytime I like get up to work like damn you gotta do this you can't eat pork you can't drink like damn I just feel like your religion is a whole bunch of rules I'm like right right, right, (laughs) right, right, and I had to explain to her I was like it's not really about like rules it's just like a lifestyle when it becomes your lifestyle and you choose to do these things it's not really about like rules you don't you don't take it as rules you take it as a way of life and that's what Islam is Islam is just like a way to live your life. It seems hard because everyone is doing something completely different. So it just seems like completely out of the ordinary, but in reality, it shouldn't be.
1: And I also think they they relate these rules to having no personality at all. Like you just you just sit down and be forceful with prayer and just like that's what I think people used to do. And they're like, "Yo, you so like you're so hyper and lit and you do a lot of things." I'm like. Oh. Did you expect me to like I don't understand like I'm just, I'm just a Muslim like that's really it. So I think that when you start to sit down and actually talk to people about Islam um that that's when it works, you know when they ask but other than that, I think action really does take you a long way.
3: 100% like Aziza says period. (laughs) Am I supposed to say like purred period I I don't I don't know (laughs) um. But no, I think I think we also really want to hear from from some of y'all. I know personally, for a very long time, I didn't like to talk about religion to non-Muslims because it becomes this whole thing where you now have to explain rules, and then it's like, oh, Muslims do... like I had somebody in high school trying to ask me about the meat I ate, and just like, shut up, <laughs> respectfully, right? And so I think I reached a point that's like, you know, I wanna. On a live light, right? you having a debate. You're having a oh, debate. Yeah, I've had um,
2: debates. Mm-hmm.
3: So I wanna, you know, I want to hear from our audience. We get to talk to each other all the time, but but we don't get to talk to y'all all the time. So please, if you want to raise your hand, you want to share anything that you're feeling. Do you talk about Islam with non-Muslims? All right, I'm gonna ask you to unmute, talk to us.
5: Hmm. So like um, so the funny thing is, is like hearing y'all talk, right? I'm thinking about like like um, brother Ibrahim said like when I was in college I definitely was not like the model Muslim like I was outside I was going out I drank like I was enjoying college like I thought I should enjoy college right <laughs> and so it wasn't until like I got until like I, I left college and I got older and I was like yo like you really bugging you know like you you really out here a while and you doing stuff you know you're not supposed to do like is this the path you really want to take? Like, is this where you want to keep going? And it got to a point where, like, I'm and I used to drink, like, I'm not even gonna lie, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit out, you know, act like I'm someone I'm not. I used to drink, I would have liquor in my fridge, wine, and everything. And it got to a point where I was like, you need to stop, you need to realize like this is not the path that you need to be going. On. I don't know, something just clicked in me. And it got to a point where I was going out. And I would like, I would be with my friends hanging out and I wouldn't drink or I would be, I would be at home and I would notice I wouldn't go shopping. I wouldn't go buy liquor. I wouldn't go buy wine. And like, I can honestly say like now at this point in my life, like I'm like, I don't drink anymore. Like, and I don't even know when it really happened to where I stopped. Like, it's really crazy. So it's funny to hear how y'all kind of already had that in you. And then when I think about me, I'm like, man, like how like got, got like a lot like he, he put something in me to, to want to do better and to be better. So it's just funny. Like, and I don't want, and, and like, I feel like when you hear people who say they've never drank or, you know, they've never gone out or they don't, they don't club or anything. It, um, it makes, it makes, it may make some people feel like, dang, like I'm a horrible Muslim because I used to feel like, man, like I wasn't, I used to feel really bad, you know? And I don't, I don't want that to discourage me because at the end of the day, we all have our own path. We all have our own way. Like, I, like it, it, may not have been my time to understand. Like that was the way I needed to live, or things like that. And so, a like I'm able not to, be like, oh no, like when I go with my friends, like they'd be like, you are not drinking? Nah. Or like any new friends I meet, any new people I meet, like I, re- I randomly um join like a Facebook group. Like we um during Ramadan, like they would go out and I wouldn't like I would go bowling with them, like just regular casual things, like. And if they like went out to the club, I'd be like, yo, I'm not going, I don't do that. And they would be like, well, why you don't do this? Why why don't you drink? Da 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 da, da. And I'd be like, oh, I'm Muslim you know, like it's Ramadan, definitely not drinking, but I'm not going out, period, and being around that. And they would be like, oh man, like, okay. I'm understand." And like, it was never an issue. It would ne- they never pressed me any further. Some of them, <laughs> some of them might be like, okay, well after Ramadan, I'd be like, nah, like you went after Ramadan, like I just don't, I just, I don't drink, period. And they'd be like, like, not at all. I'm like, I used to, but you know, like I just became a better Muslim and they would be like, dang, okay. like." And they would say, you know, and they would like, I respect it you know? So I, I, this, me coming out here was to say like, don't ever be discouraged. Like if you do drink or anything like that now, and you may find it hard to not do, it, or you just feel like, you know, I want to enjoy life. Like granted, okay. We're not, we know we're not supposed to, but at the same time, like ask for, for, ask for forgiveness, ask for Allah to like guide you to, to take, to get you to the place where you won't drink anymore. And then like, after finding out like that whole 48th, days or something like that i can't remember the amount of days i can't remember where like your prayers won't be accepted and i was like nah son, like i'm not gonna fast all of ramadan and then like all of it was basically for nothing that was like also another big kicker for me i was like so i just fasted and none of it was accepted like nada so like that for me was also like another thing i was like nah like that's pointless to do all of this and then not benefit from everything that you've been doing so that's what I came up to hear was like, if you are a person who, who currently drinks and stuff like that, like, do not be discouraged. Like just continue, continue to pray on it. Continue to ask a lot to forgive you, to help guide you to, to get to that point, because you will get there. I'm like, I promise you, you'll get there. And um like, and you'll feel some, and when you do get there, I promise, like, I feel like it was like a weight lifted off my shoulders or something, I don't know, but it definitely just made me feel that much closer to my dean and, and and everything in between. So that was just, that was all I wanted to come here and say.
3: You know, my sister, my sister, thank you so much for sharing. Like, um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't even like, I can't even really say a whole lot more because I feel like you said what needs to be said, really. But I think it's even important for, you know, for all of us to recognize and and you know like none of us come from a perfect place and it's absolutely not about where you start off it's not even really about where you're at right now it's uh, it's about where you're trying to go mm-hmm. and mashallah i think there's so much about what you said that encapsulates it and and you know I, I like that like those are some those are some powerful words right like we can always you know at any point in time if we don't like how we're living mm-hmm. we can do something different. You know what I mean, and so I mean I'm a little interested even to hear like like what was it like, like it doesn't even you know seem like there was a, a direct moment, but just almost like your spirit just sort of drifted to where it needed to go, and mashallah, Allah that's that's beautiful, you know, just like internally right everything just naturally aligned itself to to where to where you really wanted it to be. Um, and I mean, I think it's also important for us to recognize, you know, I don't I don't want to mince words about this and I feel very strongly about this. We are black Muslims. And so there's a lot of current, I, I got an agenda, I'm gonna push it till, till the <laughs> wheels fall off. I will not lie to you. So there's a lot of conventional Muslim infrastructure that is just not accessible in the same way. Um, and unfortunately, especially once you hit college, you'll find that the black people are the litest black people be the latest and so you know, it's it's actually very 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 difficult to to hold on to things in a particular type of way and so for anybody that might have been in that position you know recognize the structure around it you know the whole on to dean and it's asking a lot for you're coming into college what 17 18 19 i know i wasn't ready to be making those types of decisions so it's it's something that's difficult know better you do better but also let us not be hard on ourselves like Ibrahim said Allah is the most pardoning so you you know you just that that's the beauty and the mercy of of forgiveness and that's the the beauty of you know Allah is is the the best of guides you know and he guides us to where we need to go and we might not even see it coming you just end up there
2: I'm so happy like you raised your hand and you said something but I also wanted to say like everybody has something they're struggling with. Like, I have things that I'm struggling with that I can't even say it, right? Everybody, like, okay, maybe someone was drinking. It's like, oh, I could never do that. Like, oh, that's something that's completely haram. There are things that you're doing in your life that are completely haram that everyone has something they can improve on. And I always think, like, no matter what you're doing, no matter how bad it is, what you're doing, Allah is not just ghafur, Allah is al-afu. And that name of Allah means, like, Allah can forgive you to the point where it's like, it never happened. Like, not just forgive and like, oh, you did this, but I forgave you. No, did it, forgave you. And like that joint never even happened. It's not even going to be on your book of accountability. So I think no matter what we do or how bad we mess up, just realizing that like Allah can forgive. Allah literally says in the Quran, like there is nothing he cannot forgive. Like, it doesn't matter how bad you think it is. To Allah, it doesn't matter. As long as you ask Allah to forgive you, he will forgive you. So I just think, I just wanted to say that out there, like everyone's struggling with something. We're all doing things that we're not supposed to be doing technically. And we know we're not supposed to do it, but we still do it every single time, but always turning back to Allah. Even if you're gonna do it again, just asking Allah for forgiveness for that time that you did it. I just wanted to say that. And I know
1: Habiba's hand is raised and I just also wanted to add that even if the struggle is, uh, is different, it doesn't mean one person is seen better in the eyes of Allah, you know what I mean? Like, struggle is struggle, you know what I mean? And you uh, coming out of that struggle is all the more reason why, alhamdulillah, like, you're really, you know what I mean? Uh, Habiba, I'm going to unmute you so you can talk. Did it work? Yeah. Can you hear
6: me? Yes, you can. One thing she said that stood out to me was feeling bad. And I recently came across uh, a series, a YouTube series done by Numan Ali Khan. One thing he talked about mainly is guilt and shame. And he talked about guilt is more of like an action that you've done that is wrong, you feel bad about it. Sometimes you don't feel bad about it immediately, but sometimes when someone brings it to your attention, you feel bad. And then shame is where that action, you make the action define you. So you don't see, I did one bad thing, I'm a bad person. And and he talked about that Islamically, there is no room for that in our religion. It is not your job. Like shaming is not part of Islam because people would not see a reason to do better if they don't feel like there's any hope for them. Many people leave Islam, unfortunately, because of the approach which which people take. But if someone that is wise should think, should think they would approach in a completely different way, let me get to know you, let me do this. Because sometimes people act based on Emotional trauma, and that's the thing we don't get to see. You don't get to see their entire life, you don't get to see um, their actions, um, how those actions, right? And you should even thank God that you don't get tested with some people's tests because that's when you really know that, ha, okay, this is too much. So, he talked about that and he mentioned that the ultimate shameful creature in this world anyone know the ultimate shameful creature? Shaitan, the devil. So if he's already evil, so he already describes himself as evil. There's no point why he's gonna do any good. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so that's like the main thing he explained. So, and that's the thing people like need to understand. So it's just one thing I wanted to point out between feeling bad guilt and shame. I know that personally, I struggle a lot with shame, and many times, sometimes also because someone can be a perfectionist because you're not praying well or you're not praying at the level you want does not mean you're not praying well. And then be like, okay, I'm not going to pray at all. Like some people call it spiritual OCD. So, so yeah, it's the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is, I feel bad for an action. Shame is, I am a bad person because of his action. So people should be able to differentiate from both of them. Yeah. uh,
1: Thank you so much. That's one too. I definitely agree. Um, And that's what I think Allah says, you know, to make sure we conceal our sins as much as we can because he is the all-forgiving. We aren't. Uh, us humans, all we know how to do is move through emotional trauma. Some people are better than others. And because of that, you know, it is best that we keep things to ourselves and, and, and try to um, talk to Allah about our sins and move forward in that way. Um, so definitely agree with you. Um, but I think it's time to move to our next topic. Uh, Kabir, are you okay with that?
3: Um, I am personally, just real quick. I do see that that Aisha has her has her hand up so just, just oh, real quickly, um just, just real quick I'm gonna I'm ask you to unmute if-
7: sound like everyone can you hear me all right yeah yes. okay so just real quick it's um I just wanted to share like there's a hadith of the Sallallahu Alaihi says that says that if your good deeds delight you and your foul deeds distress you you're a believer and the reason why I'm sharing this is because I know a lot of people have been talking about like you know in terms of like never losing hope in the mercy of Allah and that the fact that we all struggle with something or the other is that like you're a Muslim and you believe like as long as like you know because we we know when we do like bad things and we know when we do good things so even if you're struggling as long as like you still have that conscience in you that shows you that okay like you know I need to work on this like you're still a believer, like, so like, you know, the Prophet has told us that. So like, I just wanted to share that. And then just also like something I think is also good to think about. And it's also a hadith, like, um, should you wish to do something like act, you should think very well about the consequences of your actions. And if it's good, like if you see, okay, the consequences, like whatever comes out of this is good, then continue carry on. But if you see that, oh, no, whatever is going to come out of this is something like bad, then don't do it. So I just wanted to point that out and something a principle I also live by like my life is like if you're doing anything like if you want to do something if it's something like you don't want other people to see you doing aside like maybe giving charity in private or stuff like that or you don't want someone to hear that oh so so and so did this then don't do it if it's not something like you can openly say I did this then more than likely it's not something good so that's just something I wanted to share.
3: All right, yeah, JazakAllah Khairan Aisha. A lot of that is, is really, really important. It's important for us to remember that consistently on a day-to-day basis. And I think that's the root of accountability, right? Thinking about what it is we're doing, how we might feel about it. Thinking about, like, especially with sins they say, don't think about the size of the sins, think about the, the one you're sinning against, you know what I mean? So just keeping that consistent and building that muscle so that inshallah that becomes easy for us. At the end of the day, it is really the root of accountability.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Muslims on the Move, an audio experience, brought to you by Muslims on the Move, a program of APC. Let us know what you think about this episode. Share this episode with a friend so they can also benefit. Follow us on Instagram at Advanced Platform. And subscribe to our mailing list by visiting APC's website at apc.ncnmo.org. Thanks for listening. Asalaamu Alaikum.